1: Free record on my count. 7,
0: 6, 5, 4, 3, two,
1: roll A, fade up on A.
0: Southern Miss to the top, you're tuned in
2: to the Eagle Hour.
3: All right, let's go. Friday afternoon, TGIF Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us. Broadcasting from the Southern Bank Core Studio in Hattiesburg and Laurel, Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, we're glad you're with us. Opening segment of our show is sponsored as it is every day by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, which is a great place to go this weekend for dinner. Also a great place to cater your next event, whether it be at your home, your church, your office, wherever If you got something special coming up, be sure you give the guys at Dickies a call, and we think you'll be happy with their catering results. Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast, you can hear it all the time. Apple, Audible, Spotify, your tune in, or just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Patrick McGee got some NFL news he's going to share with us here in just a few minutes. James Vernon, you may know who he is. He's a super fan who wrote the song Going to the Pete." We're going to have James on the show later. We're happy to have him. And Justin Harris, one of our good friends and great sponsors of the Eagle Hour on the show as well. Baseball, of course, coming up tonight uh, with a really good Missouri State baseball team here. And uh, before we get to basketball, Luke, uh, Missouri State, no pushover. The Golden Eagles are going to have to be on their game tonight and all weekend.
0: They are. And we mentioned yesterday the fact of how high high they are in, in RPI and uh, Maza tonight, Oldham tomorrow, and then Will Armistead on, on Sunday. So I was already making a change. I will be interested to see tonight. If Broadus continues with uh, with the lineup, Monastere slide, you know, if he's around the six hole just to try to get him going, it'll be interesting to see how Oz tinkers the offensive lineup because he has uh, changed up the rotation.
3: Yeah, heartbreaking loss last night, Luke, for the Lady Eagles, but a real courageous effort. They're playing without Dom Davis uh, due to the suspension, ironically, that involved the scuffle with Arkansas State. Arkansas State is at full force last night, they have all their players on the floor. The uh, Lady Eagles led the entire game, the entire game, and, and sometimes 9, 10 points, but uh, went cold at the very end and uh, lost in the last couple of minutes, 57-52, a little clo- game a little closer than that score indicates. Uh, uh, Brekala Gray uh, and Malia Grayson uh, both with double-doubles, but tough to play a really good team w- without the best player in the league on the floor. Yeah,
0: they couldn't close it out. ULM outscored the Lady Eagles 22-10 to in uh, in the fourth quarter. And uh, Missy Billerback's got the, the Lady Warhawks. They've, they've I think I saw at the end last night they they won more this year than they have in, in quite right, some time. Right. And you just feel like if Dom would have been there, she'd have been the difference towards the end. Just unfortunate the entire situation altogether.
3: No question. Uh, and they've still got uh, two more road games and I believe one home game. Uh, I think they'll be back to full force. But I'm not sure that was so convoluted about how they were going to suspend certain players. But uh, but Dom Davis was out. She'll be back, and a shame to see her miss a game here toward the the end of her senior year. Meanwhile, here at home, uh, not a not a pretty night in a lot of ways as uh, USM goes down hard, eighty three to sixty four to South Alabama. Uh, uh, Victor Hart's back, thirteen points, twelve boards. Uh, Kobe Montgomery had a good night, fourteen points. Uh, but the Eagles, uh, just not terribly competitive. And then, of course, Luke, the, the talk of the town today is, uh, is the blow up late in the game when Andre Corbella gets two technical files as an ejected from the game. And then kind of not sure why Crowley got a technical file in the middle of all of that. That's that one seemed a little odd, but, uh, but certainly two technicals and uh, all the free throws that go with it. And then the, uh, Possession that the uh, South Alabama got well, free throws from three technical fouls. Uh, too much to overcome. Ball game was over then, right?
0: Yeah, it it was kind of that sequence. There had been it, it had been building some. Eagles were frustrated about several things. Curbelo specifically, there was a couple steals that he thought that that he and then Crowley stole one. Um, and so then Corbello gets 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 teed up for chirping. While they're shooting the two, the, the first technical free throws, I didn't see it, but Larry Boyd said it on the ESPN Plus broadcast. He said that the Anderson referee, Steve Anderson, Stephen Anderson, called Crowley over. Crowley began to talk to him. this is as Larry and Lee were describing it. Crowley's talking to the referee, and the ref tees him up. Mm-hmm. And so during that, Curbelo mouthed, I think he said like the ball don't lie or something like that, and I think that was a reference to an earlier call where he felt that he was. I, I could be getting this wrong. It's just that's the 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 chronology of what happened. I think he was chirping about an earlier call. He gets teed up, and then a little while later, to Crowley's benefit. Curly got called for the you know the three point foul where they got three free throws and, and Austin kept his mouth shut. Yeah. Um you just saw how exasperated like the entire bench was, Coach Cardona. What was to to me, players talk, you know, that, that's a completely different subject. What was bad was when I don't know if it was one fan or how many, you can't throw things on the playing surface. No. Because that hurts our guys as well. No. And it it hurts if if there's a spot that they miss and there's there's liquid on there, it puts South Alabama guys at jeopardy. It puts our guys at jeopardy, and you just can't have that happen. Um, so yeah, I, you know Cabello's got to learn to keep his mouth shut. It was it had been the buildup of a long time, and what I was more astonished at the fact that Crowley got teed up. I don't know what he said, yeah. but if you're a referee and if it is as 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 Larry described. If you motion for a player to come talk to you, you can't then punish them for that conversation that you initiated. No, I agree.
3: And, and I don't think Crowley is, has done anything throughout the year that would have made us think that he would just be out of control. I, I agree. That 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 was really questionable. But but I, I'm going to say this about Andre Corbella. You've got to shut your mouth, just like Luke said. And you get one technical file, and then you still run your mouth, and you get another one. You have done nothing but all but in your team's chances of winning the game. This is supposed to be a team sport, Luke. This isn't supposed to be about yourself. I, I and think Andre Corbella needs to behave in my the,
0: the first technical was exasperation. I think the second technical – so he, he was the third technical that was given. His second technical was the was number three of three. <laughs> and yeah. so you've been teed up. Then they tee your, your teammate up by initiating a conversation with him. And yeah, I I think at that point, it's just, it's over. We learned after the game too. And I'm not, I'm not excusing behavior, but just this is how all these things that factor. He was sick and throwing up before the game too. Cardona said that in in the press conference. So there's a lot going on there. I did appreciate, uh, and, and for our listeners that haven't seen it, you can go back. I think Andrew Abadie on Twitter or, uh, or Dima Mixon has it on Twitter from the press conference. I think it was Andrews, uh, has a video. Of Cardona talking about, you'll appreciate this, Bob. It's what we've been saying all season. He he told those guys, "Listen, we got to grind, we got to grind, we got to grind. This game matters, but what really matters is being good over one weekend in a few weeks." Right. No, and that's right. That's right. That is that. That's really good perspective from from Coach Cardona. He did also mention what you had just said about Victor Hart hadn't been there in a while. Uh, you want his talent back, but it, when a guy hasn't been in the lineup, there, there's there's some chemistry issues, okay. and Coach Cardona admitted that.
3: Two quick points, I'll let it go. Uh, My message to the local media, I watched the reports last night, not a mention, not a mention of what turned the game at the end about the technical. Have the courage to report what happened if you're going to cover a sporting event. And number two, I tell you who I felt bad for last night, Lou. I felt bad for Jay Ladner because here he is at home recovering and – you know from from a serious medical incident and that's not i think you know him as well as me that's not what jay ladner wants to see on the floor he don't want to see fans throwing stuff on the floor he don't want to see players mouthing off to officials and we've had quite a couple of weeks we've had parents come out of the stands (laughs) involving women's
0: women's game wasn't a men's game correct
3: And, and now last night i say enough of all the of shenanigans. Let's just play basketball the rest of
0: the day. There is. I will say this. Unless you're the the 2018 New Orleans Saints in the NFC Championship game, referees most of the time do not win or lose games. And I don't think the referees win or lost the game that night. But here's the thing. If you're going to be bad sometimes – you have to, in some ways, whether it's the crowd or, listen, I'm, I'm going to limit it here, not not players, but coaches, you got to have a – if you're going to dish it out as a referee and possibly give bad calls, you've got to be able to take it. And going back to the Crowley technical, if a referee is going to initiate a conversation with a player, he can't then slap that player down with free points to the other team. And so – I don't know if the refs got mad that the, what the crowd was chanting last night or somebody's lighting into them. It's fair game for coaches, and it's fair game for the crowd to get after, especially on a home court when several calls don't go their team's way. That's just part of the game. I
3: agree. Let's play basketball the rest of the year. Let's not fight with officials. Let's not get teased. Let's just play basketball. Hey, when we come back, there's some, uh, some news that uh, may affect your New Orleans Saints, and Who better to talk about that than Patrick McGee from NOLA.com? Stay with us. southern miss to the, top. to the top you're
0: tuned in to the eagle
2: hour
3: all right welcome back everybody campus bookmark sponsors this segment CampusBookMart.net. it'll be rocking all weekend with the golden eagles in town playing uh missouri state good baseball series i uh, hope everybody makes it out to the peak it's going to be perfect perfect weather all right, also want to thank Mobay Beignet Company, 2902 Hardy Street. What a great weekend to go get yourself some beignets and some good coffees and drinks. They're right across the street from the campus, so uh, that'll be easy and convenient for you, too. Campus Book and then Mobay Beignet. Two great stops to make this weekend if if you're in town for baseball. Patrick McGee is, of course, with uh, NOLA.com and a good buddy of ours and joins us each and every week. And Patrick, all right, now... You kind of explained this to me during the uh, break because you're much smarter than I am about the NFL salary cap that has now been increased from 224 million to 255 million dollars, and you say that is good news for the Saints.
4: Yeah, it's if, if there's any team that's thrilled right now in the NFL, it's the Saints because they're a team that really uh, each year really has to they kind of go through different. Certain measures just get under the salary cap, and they had a lot of work to do uh, this off season, including Derek Carr's deal, who they restructured. I think it was just revealed this morning. I mean, they basically converted uh, most of the salary for this year into a bonus, which allowed them to cut a lot away uh, and to get them under that salary cap. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a big deal, and, and and if a team say goes over the salary cap, just looking here, thank God for Google. If a team goes over the salary cap, they're fined upwards of $5 million for each violation, and in, in, in certain scenarios, draft picks could be confiscated from teams and stuff. So the NFL is pretty harsh when it wants teams to, to meet that salary cap. So it just gives the Saints that much more wiggle room, and it will allow them to kind of do a better job of upgrading the roster in the
3: offseason. Uh, this is a question kind of intelligent, as the one Kelly Sander asked last year when he asked Hill Denson Does, uh winning two straight regionals helped with recruiting and Hill laughed and said, no, Kelly, that shouldn't help at all. Uh, (laughs) So, so so my question is this, the salary cap is in place to prevent the New York giants of the world from just outspending the green Bay Packers of the world. Is that correct?
4: Yeah. I mean, that's right. I mean, obviously the Dallas Cowboys, if they could, they would just throw around whatever money they they wanted to. Uh, It, it, you know, it creates parity within the league. I mean, that's, that's really what kinda of makes the league interesting from year to year is you just don't quite know who's gonna uh maybe, you know, climb make a significant climb or, or just get into the playoff picture that wasn't there a year ago. So uh yeah, I, I think it's it's the NFL is smart to handle it this way.
3: All right, Luke. Who do you want the Saints to go get with this new uh, expanded salary cap? Uh, well, cap?
0: let me just let me just say the reason the salary cap's good because it doesn't allow teams like the Pittsburgh Pirates to find ways to be perennial bottom dwellers and still make money. Okay, <laughs> so the the salary cap, you know, at, it it makes teams eventually have to try to at least compete. Anyway, um, Patrick, for, you know, I, I'd like to ask you that question because I that's just a blank for me as far as but. The the news was they did restructure who Carr and McCoy's contract in order to I mean they freed up a lot of money kind of converting cars from salary to signing bonus and uh, but that that's basically those two guys working with the front office in order to help the team.
4: Right, I think with I think with Carsdale, I think if I read right, it was they freed up twenty three million dollars just by converting most of his uh, salary to signing bonus. He's basically, his salary is the equivalent of the uh, league minimum, I think, for a veteran at his stage in his career. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is what the Saints do every year. Uh, and, and it seems like they're probably a lot farther down the road right now than a lot of people expect them to be, especially, uh, with the news that this, the NFL is, is increasing that cap. So it's a big deal. Uh, we'll, we'll, there's still work to be done and, and there, there's a lot of teams in better shape in the Saints in terms of having more flexibility. But, this does kind of allow them to kind of realize eventually we can get to the end of this task pretty quickly and then then go about the business of, of possibly looking at free agency.
0: Yeah, a lot of people don't realize, you know, the the bill has come due for the Saints because all this stuff they did with Breeze, they've been kicking mm-hmm. the can down the street for, for quite some time, and it finally came due. And fortunately for the Saints, when the bill came due, the cap was actually raised, Patrick. So, I mean, you know, that it kind of worked out for them like that.
4: Yeah, in in a way, it almost feels like it gives the Saints. I mean, everybody just felt like this was the year where the Saints are just going to get crushed by this. And it's pretty apparent. I I don't, it's just, they keep, (laughs) I guess they could just keep kicking that can down the road, you know, infinitum or whatever. I don't know. Is this
0: the uh? Yeah, uh I, yeah. Is this uh the NFL repaying the Saints for all of the uh, times where they robbed them of so many calls and games and oh, stuff? I wouldn't say
4: I wouldn't say that, wouldn't say oh, that much. Just the kidding. whole league the whole league kind of benefits. I'm but kidding. All they're right, they're owed something though.
0: I haven't been, I haven't talked to you uh, since the hiring of Clint Kubiak. I, yeah. More and more, I read about him. I like it. Uh, This is going all the way back. This is the Shanahan tree, the Shanahan-Denver-Bronco-Kubiak tree. He's been under Kyle Shanahan. I like the hire. What do you think?
4: Yeah, I mean, I'm really uh, pleasantly surprised. You know, I mean, of the guys that were out there, you look at his resume, he already has experience as an offensive coordinator. In the NFL, he worked with the 49ers last year as passing coordinator, and the 49ers have far away, I think, the best passing attack in the NFL or at least in the NFC. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, this just makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's, uh, the Saints feel like, of all the teams that really hired assistants and coordinators, I think the Saints, in rebuilding that offensive staff, at least got the guy in charge that they needed to be there.
3: Hmm. How will he change the offensive attack, you think, Patrick?
4: Well, I mean, the, the hope is is that, you know, like he says, that, that Shanahan system that, you know, he's, he is Gary Kubiak's son uh who is one of the along with you know Mike Shanahan really kinda of developed this system. Yeah. So the all those teams were able to run the ball really well and you know and kinda of run first and then pass second and just kinda of build something that really worked throughout the season, consistently produced. Mm-hmm. And the Kyle Shanahan system in San Francisco is rocking and rolling. Not saying year one he's gonna be able to do that in New Orleans, but, but you would think the Saints at least are going to be able to run the ball a lot better.
0: Patrick but but that system I think it fits Carr better because yeah. it, it allows him to be a game manager rather than right. putting the whole world on his shoulders. Even though he has put up some seasons where he was prolific, but you know where, where the where the yards went up, the interceptions went as well. I think this offense kind of allows him in some ways to be more of a manager than the fact that to put the whole game on his shoulders.
4: Yeah, I mean a lot of these offenses that we're talking about that of operating the system, they haven't had the most talented guy at quarterback. You know, Brock Purdy doesn't have the biggest arm in the NFL. Or you know, I, I like him a lot as a passer. He's really efficient, really accurate. Uh, but you know, going back to whether it's Matt Schaub or a lot of these other guys, they played in the system and they've produced. Uh, so Carr is going to be put in a position to succeed. Uh, he wasn't always put in that position this year, just because the offensive line stunk and the running game was super inconsistent, didn't produce near to the level that it needs to be for the Saints to really kind of contend. Uh, so if they can really build this thing around Camara and get that offensive line in place. I thought, you know, I, I think this offense has a chance to be be improved. I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to be significantly improved, but I think we'll see a more, a more balanced attack.
3: Well, I hope so because as a guy that was accepted into the Saints bandwagon last year after my team was banished, I'm tired of losing, guys. I was a Redskins fan for a long time. I'm tired of losing. I'm ready for the Saints to get back in the Super Bowl, Patrick.
4: Well, I mean, this is, you know, the Super Bowl is in New Orleans. Uh, in, yeah, 20, you in February go 2025, I am not going to even remotely, you know, say the Saints are going to be in that in that in that game. But I, I think the chances of them being in the playoffs are pretty, pretty cool. have improved over the last yeah. three or four weeks.
3: And Luke, I'm assuming. Uh... Patrick likes me and you. He's got the connects. Man, you'll probably have two 40-yard line Super Bowl seats next year. Be- Patrick. Because Patrick, you yeah, know, yeah. because of his connections,
0: Heck he already yeah. told me that he has three suites available for okay, the entire Patrick, playoff.
3: There right? we go. We're, we're in, Patrick. You ain't got to tell yeah. us.
4: We're in. Yeah, I hate to disappoint y'all, but, you know. <laughs> it's, it's...
3: Well, uh, you,
0: you let Blue show up. Anything's possible. Yeah. All right, way too early. Never it's too early to talk about the draft, but about a minute left. Thoughts on first couple picks? What are they going to eye position wise?
4: Well, I, I think offensive tackle is probably the one that I, I would think. The Trevor Penning thing is is you know I think they're going to, have to convert him to guard, and he may eventually be a pretty good guard. Uh, but you know Andrews P played really well. I thought left tackle late last season, but Ram checks and know, older dealing with injuries. I think you really have to get somebody in there that can step in as a starter, or at least you know you know be a really really good third tackle. So I you know with that first pick I would I I fully expect the Saints would probably take an offensive tackle unless some skilled guy really drops to him that they weren't expecting. Gotta keep Derek Carr
3: on his feet, that's for sure.
4: Hey. Yeah, yeah, it's gotta happen. They get, they got that's what. that's gotta be one of the main efforts this year is to really just upgrade depth quality and, and, and insert somebody at left tackle or right tackle that can be a difference maker.
3: Real quick, Patrick, about 15 seconds. You covered, uh, of course, Southern Miss for a long time. Reassure our baseball fans that there's no reason to panic if they lose one, maybe even two games in the month of February.
4: No, I mean, it's. Yeah, I was a little surprised how things played out in that game three against Maris, But, I mean, it just happened. It's early in the season, and I like how Ostrander's handling things. He's making guys get out there and earn – at bats and earn time out there, so there's no reason to panic.
3: Good stuff, Patrick. Have a great weekend, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Patrick McGee, com, our go-to guy when it comes to the Saints. I like that. I like that news about New Orleans, Luke. That sounds good.
0: The NFL is not repaying us because all 32 teams were helped out during the salary cap race. No question.
3: All right, when we come back, James Vernon is going to join us. If you don't know who he is, you're going to know soon. We're looking forward to this, stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. All right, 4th Street Bar Grill sponsors this segment of our program. Great place to be this weekend. Grab yourself a lunch and uh, enjoy some uh, baseball. If you can't get into Pete, uh, you I guarantee it'll be on the uh, TV there. Food is always good. Of course, Friday, Catfish Friday. Too late this week, but don't let another one get by you. Also want to thank uh, Genesis of Hattiesburg, the official auto dealer of the Eagle Hour. Genesis sedans and SUVs are the best on the road today. Coming soon the beautiful, all-new Genesis Showroom, Highway 98 West in Hattiesburg. All right, thanks, Patrick McGee, for joining us, our buddy uh, in New Orleans. Always enjoy our conversations. Been looking forward to this conversation all week. James Vernon is uh, what I like to call a a super fan. He's the guy that uh, carries his love for Southern Miss on his sleeve, like I do, and uh, many other people. James is a very talented musician as well and uh, is the uh, composer – of the famous, now famous song, Going Down at the Pete. And we're happy to have James Vernon on the show. James, welcome.
2: Thanks, Miss Bob. I appreciate that. Happy to be here.
3: All right, hang on, James. I think my operations manager's here with me. We're going we're gonna to play a little bit of your song, and then we're going to get you to comment on it, okay? Okay. Here we go. Oh,
1: whoa,
0: whoa. Oh, whoa, oh. oh, whoa. Oh, oh.
2: I made it on down the street. Watched them Golden Eagles play a little baseball down at the beach. And as I buy myself a hot dog and take my place up in the stands, well the Golden Eagles they take the field and everybody claps their hands as the batter steps up to the plate. Hey, everybody boo! Hey, it's nice of you to show up just to get tattooed. Talk about hey, you all it's time for baseball. There's a go down the first and safe. It's a go. One run, two run, three run, four. He's coming around through There's room for plenty more. The black and gold, yeah, we're trying to get loose. Got the Guatemala black and down at the roof. And the fans in the stamp, stopping dumping their feet. we getting deep, deep. Hey, he's going down at the peak. Oh, oh,
3: oh. All right, that's yeah. James Vernon uh, going down at the peak. That's awesome, James. I like that a lot, my man.
2: Well, I sure appreciate the kindness. Thank you so much.
0: Luke, I think you like that too, don't you? Yeah, it just has uh, particularly that first verse in the chorus. You kind of nailed it all. You talked about the roost and stomping and clapping, and I like that line. Yep, yep. I, I, I heard the tattooed part. Cor- correct me on the lyrics, but you these teams show up, and uh, it's just a shame they have to get tattooed like that.
2: Right, right, right. I was hoping, I was wondering how many people would get that that play on words.
3: That's good. I noticed Guatemala in there, too. That could not be a reference to our 24-year player uh, from Guatemala, could it?
2: You know, I, I believe it is. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but I don't mean this, he's 24,
3: James. I mean he played here for 24 years. I mean, not, not, that, right, he's, not right. that he's only 24.
2: <laughs> what is it, James,
0: what is it to you – um because the 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 point of the the song the feature of the song is not just southern miss baseball but it's the pete it's pete taylor park what is what is it uh, about the pete And it could be several things just tell us uh, that makes it such a special place to to watch baseball
2: um you know i love it and i love the publicity that pete taylor park has gotten you know especially recently you know after the last last 10 years or so uh and and these commentators that that emphasize on how the atmosphere is so uplifting and it's just so you want to be there. I couldn't agree more and once it started getting that national publicity, I would find myself in the stands. I say, you know what, they're absolutely right. This is great. You know, I've been to several venues and Pete Taylor Park, there's there's nothing that compares to it. That's I know I'm a little biased because it's my university, but it's fact. You know, it's just uh, people that haven't visited Pete Taylor Park and witnessed the ball game, they don't know what they're missing.
0: James, I don't know if you know this story. I'll just share it real quick. I tell it once or twice a year, but when Pete Taylor was still alive, we were told that he came in the park, <laughs> and this is before – uh, they added uh, the the second level, and so you could walk in the gate and you could see the center field wall. And one of the diamond darlings um, was taking tickets, and he walked up, and she said, "Sir, you need a ticket to come in the park." And he said, "Hey, hey, uh, sweetie, my my name's on that wall." She looked out, she said, "Come on in, Mister Park. Come on in."
2: <laughs> so, it that's great. The
0: uh, it, it is though. We, we talked to to Hill Denson, of course, to talk to Oz. One of the things down the years that's made this baseball program so so good is we've only had five coaches, you know. And and what's your thoughts now? And, and you kind of told us off air a little bit, but I want listeners to hear it as well. What's your thoughts about Oz taking over now?
2: Um, I, I personally was excited when I, I, I kind of seen it coming. I mean, who? Why not? I mean, Oz has been great, and uh, when he was named head coach, man, I was ecstatic. Along with a, you know. A few hundred, a few hundred thousand Golden Eagle fans. We were all excited, I believe. But uh, you know, we we get a little criticism. It seems every year on our hitting and pitching. But man, if everybody look back, you know, in retrospect, we come along. And uh, he always he does a great job. And I I think Travis Creel don't get enough credit. Uh, He he has to take these players and help develop them into hitters. I mean, when they leave this university. They're like ten times the hitter they were when they got here. Yeah. And Bob so. was
0: asking you um, off air a little bit, like, like how the song came about and, and how it developed.
2: Yes, sir.
3: So tell, tell us about, us. about um, that. Yeah, tell us, sir.
2: Yeah, we were uh, – it was – last year, I want to say it was James Madison. I'm not 100%, but the basketball game, uh, probably – January, I can't can't quite remember, but somebody just said, "Hey, it was after a big win." Somebody just said, "Hey, it's time for baseball, y'all." You know, or, "Hey, y'all, it's time for baseball," and I just kind of in my head, you know, being a musician, it just kind of started working its way in my head there, and I said, "Hey, y'all, it's time for baseball," and I actually just started putting the lyrics together, and they came just so naturally because there's so much to talk about with Pete Taylor Park. And I'd like to give a lot of credit to Miss Laura Berry. She actually loved the song, turned it over to marketing at USM. And they called me and said, hey, can we play this at the state? I said, look, anything I write that has the name Southern Miss in it, it's Southern Misses. I said, I, I don't want no you know, royalties or whatever, but y'all do what you want to with it. I'm just proud to be a part of it. Right. And so she did that. Next thing I know, WDM's calling me for an interview and all that. So I was just really blessed. You know, Miss Laura, she loved the song. So <laughs>
4: well,
3: that's if, how she, it all. if she's happy with you, you're in good shape. You just, you know, yeah, you, you know got Miss Laura. Now, I want to got about three minutes left. Uh, James is a very talented yeah. musician, as you could just tell from there. But but I've seen something that you do, and I just want to I want to thank you for that. I, I've seen on social media where. From time to time, I see that you go to some of these uh, facilities around our area where our elderly residents are living, and and you entertain yes. them with music. Well, I'm, I'm just going to tell you this: my, my late mother uh, lived out at the Claiborne, and I, I'm not sure that you were there specifically, but but I do know that that when people would come out there and show their you know love for these folks by taking time yes. to play music for them and visit with them. It just meant so much to her. She looked so forward to that, and uh, so yeah, you know, man, thanks to you for for doing that to our senior citizens around the area, James. That's uh, that's awfully kind of you.
2: Well, I, I sure appreciate it. It's uh, it's just as much a blessing to me. I can guarantee you that.
3: Now, people may not know this as well, and I've never met the lady, but while James is a really good musician, he's the real talent in the family. Is your wife? Am I not right about that? She's she is yes, quite sir. an accomplished artist.
2: Yes, she is. She does very, very well, um, and she only picked it up. She's been painting, dabbling here and there, but recently it just seems like she's um, on her game. It's like she, she's putting out these paintings that are just immaculate, and people are just going nuts over them. They're, they're saying, hey, how much you want for this one or how much you want for that? And she she never thought that she was that great, but I look, and I'm just in awe. So, yes, we give credit to the wise." She is <laughs> She is super talented. Yeah,
3: but let's not let's not uh, let's not give proper due to you and uh, your love and support for Southern Miss, and we we love bringing fans on that that love the Golden Eagles the way we do, James. And, and I believe you're one of those guys.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I am very much.
3: <laughs> well, look, we appreciate you being on our show. We appreciate you writing that great song. Uh, as I told you off air, we'd love to have you and your wife uh, be our guest one weekend. You just you just let me know and. Uh, We'd uh, we'd love to treat you to our at the at the Pete because you've you've made it famous I, with your song, my man.
2: I sure appreciate that, and Mr. Bob, can I give a quick shout out? It's not a business.
3: Absolutely, absolutely.
2: <laughs> uh, I'd like to shout out to the Sippy Squad. They've been real supportive of me, and they're holding it down in Louisiana. Uh, Sippy Shells does a sports. Yeah. show over there in uh, Ponchatoula, yeah. and I got, got a lot of love for Marchant, too. And his his show he does that is that is a great show. Yeah. That yeah, that crew finds a way
0: to us. get a Southern Miss flag on any sports that event in the no state kidding. of Louisiana. And, and that is no thing. kidding.
2: <laughs> yes, sir, and that's the thing. They're so passionate. They're yeah. so passionate, and yeah. they spread that Southern Miss love everywhere.
3: No so, question. Just like so you do, just like you do, my man. Thank. thank Thank you, James Vernon, for taking the time to yep. talk to us. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. All right, James Vernon, one of our super fans, ladies and gentlemen. There's another one coming up, Justin Harris. He's going to talk about good food as well. We like that. We'll be right back. To the
0: Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment of the week. Here We are in the Southern Bancor studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty, Michael Mergen's doing all kinds of stuff. That's why we pay him the big bucks. Appreciate it. All he does for our show. News and notes to cap off uh, the week. Basketball, uh, men and women's falling last night. Men fall to South Alabama, 83-64. Women fall. 57-52 to uh, Louisiana Monroe. Women on the road tomorrow at noon against Arkansas State. Men uh, tomorrow inside Reed Green Coliseum at 6 p.m. Over uh, the weekend as well, Beach Volleyball uh, has several matches as they begin their season. Softball uh, takes on Southern Indiana. Actually, they're underway right now, start at 1230, and men and women's tennis on the road at Jackson State.
3: There we go. Justin Harris is with us uh, from Fuzzy's Tacos and uh, Dickie's Barbecue Pit, and uh, you hear us talk about Dickie's each and every day. That's because everything we say is true. It's the best place to cater all your Southern Miss athletic events anywhere. There's no question about that. And then I got to tell you, Justin, on uh, what, March 15th, we're going to be at Fuzzy's to kick off – Sunbelt Baseball, and I, I bet my partner Luke will say, Luke, there is really nowhere we enjoy doing remotes more than Fuzzy's Tacos. If is we can keep
0: Santa in line, yeah. but as far as me, I will go in there, and Justin, I've already determined it. I'm probably going to get tacos um, this next time. But when, whenever oh, we're well. at your, your place, there's just famous people and, and great people just show up, and it's because of the great location, the great food, and your great team at Fuzzy's.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it, man. We're looking forward to having y'all. I think that's the. Uh, I think Marshall is the uh, the opening series that uh, we're going to have at March fifteenth, and right. uh, happy to have y'all uh, out for that for sure.
0: You know, we're the, trying to we're, we we wanted to ask you because your RPI uh, expertise. Yeah. Missouri State's fourth. <laughs> ULM's nineteenth right now. Um, the Golden Eagles are
3: one hundred and thirty third. Explain it to now us now. Laugh. Answer this without laughing, Justin, if you can.
1: <laughs> three plus four equals five. Um, that's not, you, when y'all figure it out, you let me know. I've been scratching my head trying to figure it out as well. It makes, uh, zero rhyme or reason nothing against ULM. Um, uh, but it's, it's hard to fathom, uh, Missouri State being number four when they just played three games in Monroe.
0: Loyola Marymount is seven. If it makes you feel better, yeah. Sacramento State is twelve. This is just part of the year, you know, as it all starts uh, to shake out. Justin, we talked uh, real quick, real quick baseball question. We'll talk to more about the fifteenth. But man, I know you're excited about this baseball season and particularly this team.
1: Absolutely, we're very excited. I believe, as you guys know, I mean, there's a lot of new faces, but with Coach Oz and uh, the staff they've got there, I mean, I think they've done a really good job. Of, Bringing in some quality guys and a lot of depth to uh, to fill in uh, with the guys that uh, we lost from last year's team, so uh, I really think uh, as we were discussing, there's a, a good bit more depth, and it's you know there's going to be uh, quite a few guys. I feel that uh, will be plug and play. Um, you know, it'll be it'll make a tough uh, decision on who's going to play in some spots, uh, which is a good problem to have.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, Justin, I think probably the greatest remote we ever did was at, at Fuzzies. The weekend of the Old Miss Super Regional. We had the owner of the company, Steve Davenport, come do the show with us. We had Hill Denson, Scott Berry, Jeremy McLean. And as you may remember, we had like this terrible storm come through. And I thought for a minute it might be blowing us down at Fuzzies, but we survived it all and had a great time that day, man.
1: Yes, I remember that. We we enjoyed the uh, regional and super regional uh, weekend uh, here in Hattiesburg along with our, you know, other uh, businesses around. That's, uh, those uh, those are really good times for
3: us. Uh, you wouldn't was, mind, was, you wouldn't was, mind was, another one, huh?
1: I'd be very happy with another one.
0: <laughs> the other one was when we showed up at Fuzzies, and Will Hall's like, "Hey, I'm coming over there." Then he just like co-hosted the the entire yeah. show with us. And, by and at the end, every
1: player, where they're from, everything.
3: Yeah,
0: he we had and and the. Louisiana was the pitching coach for Louisiana for the Raging Cages. Yeah. He was there, Steph, him and, him and so he and Will Hall yeah, talking baseball Steph, at Fuzzies.
3: Yeah, it was great. That's right, it was great. That's right, that was a good one. All right, Justin. So, a big weekend now. It's a, a great weekend to come to Fuzzies. Tell us what's happening down there. Yeah, man, this is the time
1: of year we like the, the weather. We call it a Chamber of Commerce Day. Uh, bluebird sky, sunshine, not uh, humid, not hot. Uh, perfect. Come uh, come by and see us for a little while before you. Uh, Head to the game. We're really, uh, we've got a new, um, sort of a new, revised uh, taco menu with going back to our roots with the Baja Fresh, Baja Tacos. So um, it's really uh, a good time, and we have a promotion right now. We're doing a thing where if you order a Baja taco, you get any of our OG, which is our original tacos, called them OG fuzzies, OG tacos for a dollar. So ah. um, this weekend through the next few weeks, uh, that's going to be one of the promotions. It's a national promotion, but obviously we're doing it uh, here in our store. So i um, really like everybody come out and try that and get them a cold beverage while they're at it. Okay.
0: You're speaking and, my love language with those tacos, just letting you know. You like those brisket tacos, don't you, Luke? I and, and I did get the last time I was in there, I got the Baja and it was fine, but yeah, brisket's a, a a winner for sure. All
3: right, as we go out I do want to remind everybody too that if you want to cater an event, whether it be for your business, your church, ball games over the weekend, there's just no better place than Dickie's and you guys love catering special events, do you not, Justin?
1: Yes, sir. We do about three or four of them a day, so we're always happy to uh, fulfill those and take care of our uh, guests.
3: Justin, we appreciate all you do with our program, and we're really looking forward to a coming down there and kicking off conference baseball with you, my man.
1: Looking forward to it as well, guys. I appreciate
3: it. All right, Justin Harris, everybody from Fuzzy's Tacos and Dickey's give me a, give rugby. me a
0: prediction. We're we're back in baseball season. Give me a prediction. Right. What we're, you
3: got? We're going to win two out of three, Luke. And I'm not going to say what day. I think if we lose, it'll be close, but I like the Eagles two out of three.
0: Who's going to beat Maza, Oldham, and Armistead? Ain't
3: nobody. Bring me a broom, Getty. <laughs> It right, sounds good to me. Until next time, Southern Miss. To the top. I want to fly like
4: i
0: A Super Talk, Mississippi Media Production.